1: Abgenommen, bedauer.
0: Frequency. Have you heard the weird tales of the Whistler? Whistler. Gentlemen, we seven scientists have banded together because the government of Austria is in deadly peril. We have evidence that Austria is being dangerously undermined by the Nazis, and that nothing is being done from the standpoint of the law to prevent it. We have therefore resolved to take measures into our own hands and prevent this chaos. At our next meeting we shall present the names of those in high places who attempt to divide and conquer, and shall decide then as to what action shall be taken against them.
2: And such was the organization in which Hans Minkler, the young, mild mannered biologist of Vienna, suddenly found himself a member. Hans Minkler, whose whole life was dedicated to the preservation and the saving of human life. Hans Minkler, referred to by his classmates as the man who couldn't kill a fly. <laughs>
0: Saturday night, and again, CBS presents The
2: Whistler. I, The Whistler, know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales, many secrets hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. And so I tell you tonight the incredible tale of The Letter... Hans Minkler, the young biologist, only half heard the speech of the leader of the seven scientists, for Hans was dreaming of his beloved experiments. His experiments and the pretty niece of Monsieur Gallet, the lovely Vielle, who had been living in Vienna these past four years. Kindly, Monsieur Gallet was interested in Hans Minkler's theories, and Hans was hoping Gallet might finance them. Well, Dr. Minkler, I've studied the outline of your proposed experiments... and I've come to the conclusion that you
0: can accomplish great things. Oh, well, that makes me very happy, Monsieur Gallet. How much do you think you'll need to carry on? I feel quite sure that I could get along for a couple of years on 5,000. If my cell experiments prove successful... Human life may be prolonged considerably.
1: I have all the faith in the world in Hans, uncle.
0: <laughs> My niece is certainly sold on your ability, Dr. minglin
1: So are you, uncle. You may as well admit it.
2: Young men with your principles are all too scarce today. Europe seems to be saturated with men who claim they want to save mankind. They all seem to want to arrive at it through a destructive method.
0: Well, it's only a temporary condition.
2: Who do you plan to have assist you? Kurt Lasner? Kurt? Um...
0: Well, I haven't decided yet. Kurt is a fine young man. Yes, he was a good student, but he's drifted away from his studies. He's become absorbed in politics. Very well, Hans. I'll start you out with 5,000. Is that the way you want it,
2: Vielle?
1: Yes, Uncle, you're a darling. Oh,
2: <laughs> I hope that someday I, I may be able to repay you. See where that is, Yale.
0: Come into the library, Hans. I'll give you a check. <laughs> yes, yes, of
1: course. Oh, good evening, Kurt. Hello,
0: Yale. Well, how are you?
1: Very well, Kurt.
0: Mm, You're very lovely this evening. Thank you. Yes, indeed. The prettiest girl in Vienna. Uh, Is Hans here? I said I'd pick him up on my way downtown.
1: Uh, Yes, he's talking to Uncle. uh, Talking business. my,
0: I've had a busy day. Not enough hours to go around.
1: Sit down, Kurt. Thanks. Kurt, why have you given up your career?
0: Biology? No, I don't know.
1: But you could do so much good. You were so well-equipped to carry on in science. Think of the things yet to be done.
0: I'm going to do things great things.
1: I mean things that will really benefit mankind. Well, that's what I
0: mean, too. (laughs) You know, you sound like Hans.
1: Hans is very sad about your dropping your work. He counted on your helping him in his experiments.
0: Oh, he'll get over it. Besides, those experiments can wait a while.
1: No, Hans is going ahead.
0: Who's going to help him?
1: I am, if no one else.
0: You? Well, how can you help him?
1: I can learn biology.
0: But it'll take a lot of money to do what he plans.
1: He has the money. It's all arranged. My uncle has financed him.
0: Your uncle? Yes. Well, I wish Hans luck.
1: And I'm going to marry Hans.
0: What? You and Hans? Well, what a surprise.
1: Yes, I've made up my mind.
0: I see. Well, I guess... Ah, oh, good evening, Kurt. Glad to see you. Good evening. Hello, Kurt. Oh, have you heard the good news? Oh, yes, VL just told me. And I wish you both good luck. I hope you'll be very happy. When's the wedding? Uh, wedding? What wedding? Oh, yes.
3: <laughs> me, of course.
0: <laughs> Typical absent-minded professor. See, look, I have the money for my experiments. Well, Hans, hey, it's quarter to eight. We'd better run along. We have an appointment at eight. Hmm? Oh, yes, the meeting. I'd forgotten. Yes, I'll be right with you. Goodbye, monsieur. Bye. Good night to darling.
1: Good night, Hans, dear. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs>
2: Hans Minkler reluctantly attends his second meeting and with Kurt Lassner joins the five scientists in the darkened room. The single low lamp on the table casts their shadows on the wall. The leader is speaking so, again. gentlemen,
0: we have learned who these fifth columnists are. So it is our duty as loyal citizens to take action against these men. We have learned who the leader is, and naturally he must be the first one to go. In this envelope I have his name. We will now draw lots to select the one among us to carry out instructions which will be read later. Are you ready with the straws, Kurt Larsen? Ready, sir. This is an old and simple method, but since there are only seven of us, it will suffice. Proceed, Kurt. Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All of us have drawn, sir. Good. Here's the envelope containing the name of our victim. Who has the short straw? Well, I... I guess I have... Hans Minkler. Here's the envelope. But before you open it, we must tell you what the committee has decided to do about this man. He is to die. Die? And that task has fallen to you. You mean this man is to be murdered? Exactly. What? You don't know me, gentlemen. I'm a saver of life. I I wouldn't consider such a thing for a moment. Herr Minkler, you are a member of this group. You know our secrets. It will be best for us and for you if you completely forget your scruples. Oh, but... uh... I can't belong to a society with such diabolical purposes. I didn't realize what this was all about. Oh, no, I withdraw. It's too late to think about withdrawing. Do you mean that you actually expect me to kill someone? You have been selected. You are fools. I couldn't kill a fly. I couldn't harm a living thing if the whole country went up in smoke. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. You're not scientists. You're a band of madmen fiends. Sit down, Hans Minkler. We're not a band of madmen, and we are not fiends. We are loyal patriots of Austria who are determined to save our country. Any one of us might have drawn that straw. Well, I don't want to be a party to such a plan. I'll not commit murder. Unfortunately, you know too much about us now to pull out. And suppose I refuse? Then you will accomplish nothing. Not only will we eradicate our selected victim, but we'll see to it that you are eradicated with him. Who is this victim? Open the envelope. Very well. What? Why, you are insane. The whole lot of you. Monsieur Gallet is the soul of honor. Monsieur Gallet is one of the most honest men I've ever met. Monsieur Gallet is the leader of the Nazi party. I don't believe it. Why, I'm to marry his niece. Did you say, Monsieur Gallet? Yes, you know that's ridiculous, Court. He'd never do such a thing. Gallet is the leader. We have proof. He also has a very lovely niece... And I'm sure you'd want nothing to happen to her. Would you, Herr Minkler? No. No, I wouldn't. But you, you must give me time. Time to think. There is nothing to think about. It has been decided. Galay must be exterminated within 12 hours. Very well. There's nothing else for me to do. Good night, gentlemen. Good night, Herr Minkler. And remember, if you don't accomplish this task within 12 hours, we will be forced to take care of you. And if we can't find you, we will find the girl. Yes, I... I understand. Good night.
2: Well, Hans, what are you going to do about it? You've sat in your apartment for two hours now. Which shall it be? Three lives are at stake... The uncle's and yours and VL's. <laughs> Hans gets his car and drives to Monsieur Gallet's home. Well, hello, Hans. What on earth are you doing here? I didn't expect you back this
0: evening. Where is Vielle? Why, she went to some friends. She probably won't be back till after midnight. What on earth's wrong with you? Get your hat and coat, Monsieur Gallet. What? Have you been drinking, Hans? Get your hat and coat. Now, wait a minute. Suppose you explain. There's no what... time for explanations. Get your things. What for? You're coming with me. <laughs> I'm just ready to turn in. You better run along, Hans. You'll feel better in the morning. Put up your hands, Monsieur Gillette. What? <laughs> this is the funniest thing I've ever encountered. Have you really got a gun in your pocket? I have. And I hope you don't force me to prove it. Well, this is certainly a surprise. The meaning of all this. I've just discovered that you're the leader of the Nazis who are trying to undermine the Austrian government. (laughs) Are you serious? Yes. Who told you such a thing? There's an organization which is determined to eradicate all Nazis one by one. And you are the leader. Read this. It says, Leader Paul Gallet. Death. This is the maddest thing I've ever heard of.
2: I've been highly active in anti-Nazi war. They say that's merely a cover-up. Are you a member of this secret organization? Yes. You've been selected to kill me? Yes. It's unbelievable that you, Hans Minkler, could be mixed up in such a thing. I think you're being hoodwinked. I am an anti Nazi. if you plan to kill me, you must
0: belong to the Nazi organization. Get your things and come along. What do you intend to do with me? That's all planned. Come along. Very well. No. You,
3: give me no. that gun. you fool. No, 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 no. You don't. Oh. Monsieur. Monsieur. Good Lord. Mm.
2: Hans stands staring at the body of Monsieur Gallet for a few moments. Then in a daze, he turns out the lights, closes the library door, and returns to his apartment. (laughs) For the remainder of the night, he sits at his desk staring into the darkness, lost in thought. And then morning comes, and Biel at her home... Opens the library door and.
0: Well, he's been dead about eight hours, Freundin.
1: Oh, Who on earth would do such a thing? He had no enemies.
0: He was quite active in anti-Nazi work. Here's something we found on the library floor. Uh, a pipe. Yes. The bowl is hand-carved, has initials on it. As you see, the stem is broken. Have you ever seen this pipe before?
1: Well, I don't remember.
0: There's something else we found, a note, which reads, Leader Paul Gallet, Death. Do you recognize the handwriting? No. Do you know anyone whose initials are H.M., the initials carved on the pipe bowl? Yes,
1: the, the pipe belongs to my fiancé Hans Minkler.
0: Your fiancé. What time did you return home last night?
1: I attended a party and got here about one o'clock. I supposed Uncle was in bed. I didn't look in the library. I went straight to my room.
0: What is Hans Minkler's address?
1: I'm sure Hans had nothing to do with this. Are you? He He lives at 13 Cronhead Street.
0: I'll run over there. Please don't touch anything in the library. I won't. Good morning.
1: Something terrible to happen. Uncle was murdered last night. The police have just left. They, they found Hans's pipe on the library floor. It, it was broken. They've gone to his apartment. Please come over right away.
0: Hello, Hans. This is Kurt. The police found your pipe in L.A.'s library. They're on their way to your place. You've got to get out of the country immediately. Don't wait a moment.
1: Terrible. Now,
0: oh, now, no. control yourself, Ian. Oh,
1: Kurt, I can't imagine why anyone would do such a thing. Kurt, do you know where Hans is?
0: Well, I suppose he's at his apartment. Hasn't he called you this morning?
1: He usually does, but he hasn't. They found Hans's broken pipe near Uncle's body. Kurt, I must warn Hans. I must let him know what's happened.
0: It's pipe, huh? Well, oh, it's bad. By all means, phone him at once. Oh, you call him? Oh, of course.
1: It's chronic start 4347. Right. ring. He must be there.
0: Oh, he would have answered by now.
1: Where could he be? I haven't
0: the slightest idea. But he
1: always called me before this. Court, it, it isn't possible. It can't be. Oh, now,
0: now, just try to control yourself, Yale.
1: Oh, see who it is, Court.
0: Special delivery. Sign here, please. Well, thank you. Who's it for? For you.
1: Court. It's from Hans. Good heavens, read it.
0: Leaving Vienna on important business. Contact me at 16 Rue de Roche, Paris. Under name of Pierre Cabot. I N. Well, I
1: don't understand. What does he mean? What important business? Why should he disappear like
0: this? Oh, I have no idea. But it does look strange. Your uncle is murdered and Hans disappears. Oh, but what motive could he have had?
1: But they found his pipe near Uncle's body. Oh, you
0: know Hans had nothing to do with it? I'll admit he's always been rather peculiar, never seemed to let loose, always seemed to be on his guard, but. I can think of no reason for this.
1: What could this important business be? He never told me of it. And why on earth should he go to Paris under an assumed name?
0: That is strange.
1: Kurt, that officer said something. What? Well, you know that Uncle was active in anti-Nazi work. Do you suppose it could be a Nazi? No, why not?
0: But who? Who do we know that's a Nazi? I I certainly don't... Wait a
1: minute. You just said that you felt Hans was always on his guard. Do you mean... You felt he was concealing something?
0: Well, there have been times when i felt that, but on the whole, I've thought of him as a slow-thinking, absent-minded professor.
1: But it does seem strange that the moment Uncle gave him the check that this should happen and he should disappear.
0: Maybe he went to visit our old pal, Jean Renault. You remember Jean. He was one of our classmates.
1: I could have a strange feeling that Hans wouldn't go away like this, without telling me beforehand, unless something were wrong. Do you... Do you suppose that Hans has been deceiving us all along?
0: What makes you ask that?
1: Well, it suddenly occurred to me that he spoke French without the trace of an accent. And I remember Jean Renaud said once that he spoke English without an accent. Well, so what? Well, if he did, where did he learn to do that? Certainly not by living in Vienna all his life.
0: Oh, I see what you mean.
1: Why didn't he tell me beforehand that he was leaving? But
0: he wrote you this letter.
1: Yes, but it wasn't written by the Hans I know.
0: Oh, I, I think you'd better forget about it. Could,
1: I didn't tell you this. The police found a note on the floor. It said, Leader Paul Gallet. Death. It must have meant that Uncle was an anti-Nazi leader and he was sentenced to die. And if this ties in with Hans' disappearance, then Hans must have been connected with the Nazis.
0: Oh, darling, you're getting yourself all worked up. You
1: don't think Hans was a Nazi?
0: (sighs) Well, I'll admit the way you've got it all worked out, it sounds plausible, but if he was a Nazi and he's left the country, what can we do about it? He won't come back.
1: Why should he go to Paris?
0: Well, Jean Renault was a good friend of ours. I'm sure Jean knows nothing about Hans being a Nazi. Jean would never suspect him. Maybe Paris is his next assignment. Nazis are just as busy in France as they are here. Let's see that letter from Hans. He says here, contact me 16 Rue de Roche, Paris. That's Renault's address, 16 Rue de Roche.
1: Oh, good, good. I just can't believe it. How could I have been such a fool? I'll
0: see who it is, darling. I'm Captain Gruber from police headquarters. Oh, Come in, Captain. Sorry to trouble you again, Florlan. But we went to Hermickley's apartment. He wasn't there. He wasn't. This car has not been in the garage all night. That's strange. We found this writing on the notepad on his desk. Is it his handwriting? Yes. He's written the same two words over and over again. Galet and d a As though he tried to make up his mind about something.
1: But what's become of his car?
0: The car's been found. Where? In the public garage. From all indications, Minkler's left the country. Probably for France. Oh, why France? We've discovered that Hans Minkler is a French citizen.
1: A French citizen? Well, he always led us to believe that he was a native Austrian.
0: Now, uh, we'll want to check things over a little further. We'll be back this afternoon. Please don't disturb anything.
1: No, no, we
0: won't. By the way, what is your name, sir? Hmm? Oh, my name is Kurt Lasner. Good day.
1: Good. What did you see? What were you looking at just then?
0: Well, what do you mean?
1: What startled you on Uncle's desk?
0: Well, well nothing. Nothing at all. Hey, let
1: me see. Good heavens, I see it. Here on the desk blotter, Uncle's handwriting, it says, Find Hans Minkler. And it was Hans. It was Uncle was trying to tell us who did it. Maybe. Don't oh, think that he could be so low as to take Uncle's money and then kill him. Oh,
0: please, Vielle. I just
1: can't believe it. I won't believe it. I mustn't. Well, I'm sorry <laughs> to say
0: that all the evidence is certainly against him. Oh, come, Vielle. Try to get this off your mind. Try to get some rest. The police will take care of everything.
1: Oh, yes, good. I guess you're right.
0: If Hans did do it, he'll pay. He's the one who will do the suffering. Believe
3: me.
2: <laughs> but during the night, the Nazi hordes rolled swiftly into Austria, and without firing a shot, took over the reins of government. A few weeks later, France declared war. Then one night, Hans Minkler makes his way through the maze of Paris traffic. ...knocks at the door of number 16, Rue de Roche.
0: Oh. Yes? Oh, good evening. Good evening. Is Jean Renault in? Who shall I say is calling? By, um, Pierre Cabot. Won't you come in, Monsieur Cabot? <coughs> Major Renault has just stepped out. He'll be back shortly. Was he expecting you? Uh, no. Did you say Major Renault? Yes, since war has been declared, he's gone on the active service list. Oh, I see. I've been phoning for a week, but no one answered. You haven't seen the major in some time? No, no, I haven't. I've been in Austria for several years. Renault and I went to school together in Vienna. Oh. Are you by any chance Hans Minkler? How did you know that? Why are you traveling incognito? Well, I'm... Where is Renault? I regret to inform you that Renault has been in Africa for some time. He's due back in a few weeks, however... Did you know Monsieur Gallet in Vienna? Yes. Who are you? I'm Monsieur Gaulle of the French Sauté. Oh. oh, police. Yes. Did you ever accept any money from Monsieur Gallet? Why, I... Why are you asking me these questions? You never accepted money from Gallet? No. Search him, Marie. Oh, no, no, just well. a moment. Sorry, Minkler. I'll take the bill for Larry. Yes, sir. I don't understand all this. You understand, all right. Well. So you never received money from Gallet. What's this check for? Well, uh, that's to help carry on my experiments. Undoubtedly. Monsieur Gallet was helping you and quite a number of others to carry on experiments. Others? I suppose you say you're new at this game. Game? I don't know what you mean. I had nothing to do with his death. Nothing. Yes, I believe that. Why should you kill one of your own? I don't know what you're talking about. If you were intending to carry on experiments in Vienna... Why is this check drawn on the Bank of Paris? Well, um, maybe he had a surplus of funds here. <laughs> Indeed he did. How did you know I was coming here? We knew. It. Just what were your plans? Oh, this is ridiculous. I'm not a spy. I was engaged to Mary Galet's niece. Really? Some way I got mixed up with an organization which planned to rid Austria of all Nazis. <laughs> they claimed that Monsieur Galet was the leader in Vienna. I denied it. But nevertheless, I, I was selected to, to murder him. Oh, I see. And told that if I refused, it they'd also kill me and my fiancé as well. I decided to get them out of the country. I went to Galais' home. My, my fiancé was not there. I knew there was no time to lose. So I tried to take him away by force. He was suspicious. I mean, we suddenly got into a scuffle. And, and then, then someone behind me fired a gun. I don't know who it was. And Galet fell dead. I see. I went to my home. Next morning, learned that they were looking for me. I got out of the country, and in a roundabout way, I, I came to Paris. A good story, but it doesn't hold water. Galet was a Nazi leader, and there's too much evidence against you, Minkler. Come on, let's go now to headquarters.
2: Two weeks later, Jean Renault returns to Paris. Then, six weeks after Austria surrenders, Kurt and Viel escape from the Nazis and make their way to Paris. Jean Renault meets Kurt on the street and asks him to bring Viel to visit him at 16 Rue de Roche.
0: Come in, Kurt. Well, well, Viel. It's been a long time. How are you?
1: Excellent, thank you.
0: So you two are married. Well, my congratulations. Though I didn't expect it to work out quite this way.
1: No? Why not?
0: Well... I always had an idea that you might marry Hans Minkler. Well, one never knows. <laughs> no, Kurt. One never does. By the way, uh, have you seen Hans? He's in Paris. Been here for several weeks. Has he? Yes. Don't tell me you haven't seen him.
1: Well, he told us he was coming to visit you.
0: Oh, yes. He's in Paris. I wasn't here when he arrived. He left several notes. I found them when I returned. But do you know where he is now? Yes. Would you like to see him? Yes, I would. Hans is dead. Dead? What? Dead? Yes. He was executed as a Nazi spy. A Nazi spy? Yes. I got here too late to help him. They had conclusive evidence against him. Why, that's ridiculous. Hans is dead, nevertheless. But what happened? Well, it seems Hans got into some trouble in Vienna and came to Paris to see me. In some way, the Suerte here was informed that he was a Nazi, was coming here to carry on. But who on earth would accuse Hans of such a thing? I wonder. But they received a letter from Vienna accusing Hans. The Suerte found a check on him from a high Nazi official. There was nothing that could save him. A check from a high Nazi official? Who was the official? Paul Gallet. the heir's uncle. What? Didn't you know about your uncle?
1: I don't believe it.
0: Whether you do or not, he was a Nazi. The Secret Service has known it for years. He may or may not have given the check to Hans for Nazi purposes. But the evidence was against Hans. Then the letter came to the Surete saying Hans was a Nazi agent. They found him here and arrested him. That's all there was to it. But who would write such a letter? Hans had no enemies. Would you... Like to read the letter? Oh, yes. Here it is. Hans Minkler, under alias of Pierre Cabot, has given evidence of being a Nazi spy. Locate him at 16 Rue de Roche, Paris. And that's all that was necessary. How awful. I,
1: I can't imagine such a thing.
0: Notice the handwriting, Kurt. What? Oh, yes. The ale. This is your handwriting. It is not. I'm positive. You wrote this. No. Don't lie to me. I know your writing. You wrote this letter.
1: All right. All right, I did. I was convinced that he'd deceived me. I was convinced he killed Uncle. Yes, I wrote it. How could you? I never dreamed Uncle was a Nazi. I thought Hans was a Nazi. I was determined to make him suffer. You believe me, don't you?
0: Yes, Villel. I believe you. I'm awfully, awfully sorry
3: for you. Oh, poor Hun, Poor Hun. Oh, I'll never forgive myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, Biel. What a terrible injustice you have done. But someday, perhaps, you'll learn what really happened to your uncle. It wasn't Hans who killed him. Hans didn't even have a gun, just a pipe. But Hans wanted to get him safely out of the country. And Kurt knew that Hans would never go through with the order of the Secret Seven. So he followed Hans. And when he saw what was happening, he shot Gallet and disappeared and let you think Hans did it. Because Kurt was in love with you, too, VL. <laughs>
0: CBS has presented The Whistler. Original music for this production was composed and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The Whistler is written and directed by J. Donald Wilson and originates from Columbia Square in Hollywood. Next week, same time,
2: I, The Whistler, will return to tell you the strange tale of Out of the Farm. <laughs> Good night. I, the whistler, know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales, many secrets hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. And so I tell you the amazing story of House of Greed. A taxicab rolls through the night and comes to a stop before a brownstone mansion on West 52nd Street. The driver opens the door, and a handsome, well-dressed man steps out, Pays the driver, slips quickly up the stairs, fumbles with a bunch of keys, but the door opens.
0: Oh, hello, Jackson. Mr. Talbot, welcome home, sir. Where's Mrs. Talbot? Oh, uh, she left three days ago.
1: Uh, Went to the place in the Catskills. There's a note on your desk, sir. Oh, good. Your brother, Frank, is waiting in the library. Oh.
0: Hello, Frank. What do you want? John! Now, look, Frank, I told you the last time I'd give you no more money. Oh, but it isn't gambling debts this time. I'm reforming. I'm going to settle down and work. Work? Mm, I met a big cattleman from South America. He has a very lovely daughter. And she talked her father into letting me buy an interest in the business. How much? Ten thousand. Oh, I'm sure I'll make good, John. Oh, very well. I don't mind doing something like that for you. When are you leaving? Tomorrow. I've had a plane reservation for four days. (laughs) Thanks for the check, John. You're a swell guy. Uh, Tell Mary goodbye for me. Yeah, she's up in the Catskills. Yeah, so Jackson told me. uh... Good Lord. What's wrong? She hasn't gone to the Catskills. I I can't understand this. What on earth does she mean? What is it? Read it. John, this life is too lonely. I can't go on like this, so I'm leaving you. I found someone else who is more considerate of me. First, I'm going home, and from there, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry, but things just didn't work out for us. Mary. Someone who's more considerate of her. Why, I have given Mary everything her heart desired. She must be out of her mind. Uh, of course, you have been gone a lot, and women get crazy ideas. It, it's not the pins right up from under me. Yes, I can see that. You better take it easy for a while. Yes, I feel, I don't know, kind of sick. All of a sudden, nothing seems to matter. Well, maybe she'll wake up before she gets too far. Perhaps I'd better cancel my trip for a few weeks until you get straightened out. No, 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 never mind. I'll I'll pull myself together. I wouldn't have you sidetrack your plans for the world. I think you'd better go now, Frank. I'd rather be alone. All right. But uh, don't do anything foolish. foolish. What do you mean? Well, if you brood about it, you're liable to get some crazy ideas and end up really holding the sack. Good luck, Frank. Lots of luck. Thanks. Goodbye, John.
2: John sits for the remainder of the night Staring over the top of his desk The next morning he closes the house And starts on Mary's trail Which takes him to London, Paris, Berlin All over Europe, but to no avail Finally he drops his active interest in his business And goes to live in his country estate. Then one day, 14 years later, he finds himself on a honeymoon. He has married a widow named Helga.
4: Well, John, dear, (laughs) we got away without too much trouble. Well, it (laughs)
0: does seem a bit silly, rice and honeymoons at our age.
4: Our age? Well, you sound as though we're a couple of old grannies. I'm thirty-six and you're forty-five, and I certainly don't feel old. Why, of
0: course you're not, Helga. <laughs> oh, uh, oh,
4: John! Now that the wedding's over, there's something I haven't told you. Oh, right. now I. I well, I, I haven't said anything because I was afraid it, it might make a difference.
0: I know what it is. You have a son.
4: How did you know? <laughs>
0: I wondered when you were going to mention it.
4: Oh well, he finished his school this year. It's been quite a struggle putting him through college, but he's very bright. Paul had studied hard and managed to cram two years into one. Could he spend the summer with us?
0: Why, of course. Oh, John, you're
4: a darling. I
0: should be able to find a place for him in the business. Oh, ask him to come down to our place in the country. Oh,
4: thanks, John. You're wonderful.
2: <laughs> so Helga's son, Paul, came to spend the summer at the country place. He stayed the next winter and the following summer and the next winter. Now it is summer again. And Paul is still visiting his mother and stepfather. The first year, he worked in the office every day until noon. He found business very boring. So finally, he quit going to
0: the city at all. But, Mother, I've looked the whole thing over and there's nothing there that interests me.
4: Well, you can learn about the business. You seem to be able to learn anything else you want to. But I don't
0: care for business.
4: Oh, you're a fool. I worked my knuckles to the bone to give you an education. I married John Talbot to give you a chance, a chance to do something. John has no children. It's a huge business. And one day you could control the whole thing. I'm disappointed in you, Paul. You're letting me down.
0: Well, it seems to run very well without too much attention from him. If we were to uh, inherit it, why wouldn't it continue to run just as well? You
4: either get down to that office or you pack your things and get out. Why should
0: I? I'm perfectly satisfied.
4: I'll tell John to make you go.
0: And suppose I tell him what you just said? That you married him just to give me a chance? Married him for his money? You wouldn't dare. And uh, suppose I tell him that you were never divorced from father? That he's still down in South America, still wandering around trying to find a gold mine.
4: If you dare open your mouth, I'll... hello there. Oh, hi,
0: Helga. What's this I heard about South America?
4: Oh, why, why, nothing, darling. Paul was just talking about someone he met from down there.
0: Who do you know from South America, Paul? Oh, uh, fellow, I met him today. Were you in the city today? Uh, no, uh, I was down in the village. I didn't suppose you'd been out of the house today. What's his name? Why, uh, I don't remember. I didn't think you would. You haven't been out of this house for three days. Paul, I think you're the laziest man I've ever met. All right, all right. I'll start back to the office Monday. If that's what you and Mother want me to do, I'll do it. (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't here for dinner, Helga. I was detained in town. So I have quite a bit of work to do. I'll be here in the library for two or three hours.
4: Very well, John. I, I won't bother you. I'll go on upstairs. Besides, I want to have a little talk with Paul. Good night, Bill. Good night, Helga. <clears throat>
0: what on earth? Who's out there? Why? What do you want out there?
1: May I come in? I, I want to talk with you.
0: Why do you come to the library windows? Why didn't you ring the bell?
1: I, I didn't want to cause a disturbance.
0: Disturbance? What do you mean?
1: May I come in?
0: Yes, yes, come ahead.
1: Don't you know me, John?
0: Good Lord. Mary.
1: I'm sorry, John. I had to talk with you. I saw the light in the library. What do you want? I need your help.
0: Where have you been all these years?
1: Oh, every place. Are you still filled with resentment?
0: It's been too long ago. first I was. I followed you all over Europe, but never quite caught up with you. Now I'm glad I didn't. no telling what I might have done.
1: I'm sorry, John. I was a fool. I know that now.
0: But... <coughs> May I sit down? Well, of course. <coughs> Oh, you look cold. Yes,
1: I can't seem to shake it. I've had it for weeks.
0: See, I, I hate to mention it, but you look a bit shabby, Mary. Aren't you doing well?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, I'm doing all right. Are you? You've uh, married again. Yes. And your wife is here? Yes. Then I'll be as brief as possible. I, I wouldn't want her to know that I was here.
0: You want me to help your husband?
1: No, not that. I have no husband.
0: What about the man you said was more considerate of you?
1: He left me four years after the baby was born.
0: Baby? You have a child?
1: Yes, John. She's 17 now.
0: And where's the man? I don't know, and I don't care.
1: Oh, John, I made the biggest mistake of my life. I should have known better. But he practically carried me off my feet. And I learned later, to my side, that he was not worth shooting.
0: Where's your daughter?
1: She's in a school in Vermont. I've worked hard to give her an education. I've done everything I could do to give her a chance. I've not seen her very often. But now, well, I... I'm sort of cracking up. I've been out a lot. I seem to have trouble getting a job.
0: Job? What kind of a job?
1: Why? Right. any kind of a job.
0: What have you been working at, ma'am?
1: A job. i think such a miserable thing myself. I was never able to face things. I always took the line of least resistance. What a shame. And now I've come to the end of my rope. Joan has finished school. She's a lovely girl, John. I can't let her know. I can't take her with me. Why not? She deserves so much more. She deserves a chance in life. I want you to do
0: something for her. Why should I?
1: Because she's your daughter, John my daughter. Yes, yours and mine. She was born seven months after I left. Here's the birth certificate. Please, John, do something for her. She shouldn't be made to suffer for my mistake. She's innocent.
0: Well, does she know I'm her father?
1: <laughs> no. And she doesn't remember the other man. Here, I'll give you her address. Fernwood College. And and I'll write a letter to her explaining all about you. Well, I... I... Oh, John, you could do so much for her. She's a young lady now. And so lovely. Please, dear. I know you'll fall in love with her. All
0: right, Mary I'll, I'll see her. I'll have her come down here.
1: Oh, John. John, I'm so sorry. So sorry for everything I've done. Please forgive me.
0: I've forgotten everything, Mary. Oh, wait a moment. Take this check. And do something about that cough.
1: No, thanks, John. I won't need it. You'd better take it. Thank you. I'll be all right in a few days. The cough will be gone. Good night, John. Good night, Mary. If he brings this girl here, do you realize what it means, Mother? Yes. It's his
0: own daughter. If he falls for her, if he he likes her, he'll change his will and split the estate. She's
4: entitled to it, isn't she? Now,
0: why should she be? Strange girl he didn't even know existed.
4: Popped up out of nowhere and cheats us out of half the estate. Hmm. I know what you mean.
0: We've been here for several years. You're his wife.
4: It isn't fair. What would you do about it, Paul?
0: I'd see that she didn't get
4: anything. How would that be possible?
0: Suppose she, uh, she didn't like it here. Supposing that before John got attached to her, the thing has happened that would make her dislike everything here. If she runs away soon enough, he won't change his will.
4: Perhaps you're right. And if she doesn't?
0: Then maybe something could happen to John. Later, something could happen to the girl. But in any event, the will must not be changed.
4: Where do you get such ideas?
0: (laughs) That, Joan dear, is the story of your mother... I trailed them all over Europe, but never quite caught up with them.
1: You mean you planned to kill them?
0: Kill them? I was filled with revenge, but I finally gave up the chase and returned here to wait. I knew that sooner or later she'd show up.
1: But it's been so long ago. Surely you've lost the desire for revenge by this time.
0: Time heals many wounds, my dear.
1: If you had caught up with them and satisfied your revenge, what good would it have done? Quite
0: right, my dear, quite right. Tell me, have you no recollection of this man? You can recall nothing about him?
1: Absolutely nothing. Remember, I was only four when he went away. And
0: you do believe that I'm your father?
1: What else am I to believe? Mother proved that with a birth certificate. Proved that I'm Joan Talbot, not Joan Evans, as I've always believed.
0: Of course. And would you like to remain here?
1: Why, yes, I, I think I would, well, but There I, seems
0: to be a doubt. Why do you hesitate?
1: I don't know. From all the evidence, I, I belong here. I, I have a legal right, but... Well, uh, I can't seem to find words to express it.
0: Express what?
1: From the moment I stepped in the door of this house, I've had a a strange feeling. A cold, chilly sensation of, of fear. Well,
0: is it something you feel about me? Yes. You're afraid of me?
1: No, I, I don't think so. Is it Helga? Well... Is it Paul? Oh, please, please don't ask me anymore. I don't know what it is.
0: Well, what has Paul said to you?
1: Nothing. No one said anything. It's, it's just a premonition of of evil there's something wrong something horribly wrong in this
0: house oh you're imagining things Joan it's all in your mind it will pass as suddenly as it came you're young Joan impressionable and you've suddenly found your life turned upside down a new environment to which you've never become accustomed but you'll get used to it you're my daughter I want you to have what you deserve what is rightfully yours
1: I understand and I'll try to overcome this feeling yeah that's
0: better You're a lovely girl, Joan. An intelligent girl. I know I'm going to be very proud of you.
1: Thank you. I think I'll go to bed now.
0: (laughs) It is rather late. Good night, dear. See you in the morning. Hello.
1: Paul. What are you doing here on the stairs in the dark?
0: I wanted to tell you something. What? You're very, very beautiful. Your eyes... Your hair, just like gold, gold in the beams,
3: and soft. Paul.
0: And your throat, your throat is slender, is soft.
1: I take your hand off my neck, Paul.
0: I don't know many girls. Those girls don't like me. Let me by. You don't like me either, do you?
1: Well, if I. I know.
0: I can tell. Elsie didn't like me either. She was afraid of me. Who's Elsie? She was a girl in the village. She worked here in the summertime. No one knows what became of her. What? I don't remember what happened to her.
3: But her throat was slender and white, like yours. Let me by.
1: Joan. Joan. What? Who's here? Who's in this room? Don't turn on the light. Helga, what do you want? I must talk to you. What about?
4: You're not safe here. No one is safe in this house. You must leave at once. What do you mean... What's wrong? The house is wrong. It's filled with evil and hate. I know. Why do you stay? I can't believe it's too late. But you must go at once.
1: Do you mean that Paul... That's part of it. And what else? John. John? What
4: about him? I can't tell you. But you must believe me. What about my father? He doesn't believe he is your father. And he's planning to get
1: revenge on your mother through you. I don't believe you. I won't. Get away while you have a chance. No. I won't run from it. I'll face it, whatever it is.
4: Very well. Good night,
2: John. Now it is nearly midnight. John still works at his desk in the library. But outside, a man steps softly through the trees upon the terrace. Quietly opens the library doors
0: and steps in. Hello, John. Frank. Good Lord. Yes, brother Frank. <laughs> well, why don't you say something? Come in, or get out, or something. Why, why come in, Frank? You fairly knocked me off my feet. I didn't know whether you were alive or dead. It's been a long time, John. Why haven't you written me? Well, I was hoping I could make a go of that ranch and pay you back, but I guess I was just born unlucky. They had a revolution and cleaned Senor Gonzalez out and me with it. That's too bad, Frank. But you're still the same steady, reliable job. Yes, sir, I've tried my darndest to be like you, but... Well, it just isn't in me. I don't have what it takes. The last two years, I've had a pretty tough time. I caught some sort of a malarial fever down there, and it's impossible to get rid of it. It keeps recurring. Certainly don't look well... You've aged quite a bit. You better have Dr. Richards look you over tomorrow. She's still kicking around? I thought he'd be gone long ago. How's your new marriage turned out? Oh, very well. Very well indeed. Good. Ever hear from Mary? Yes. She came to see me. I knew she would eventually. She was broke and quite ill. She'd had a tough time of it. And you helped her out. You would. You couldn't turn anyone down. Well, she was mainly interested in my helping the girl. She had her in a school a month. And so now you're taking care of both of them. What else could I do? Good old Joe. I sent for the girl and brought her down here. She's a lovely child. Sweet as can be. And you'll give her everything her heart desires, I suppose. And then you'll have another problem on your hands with Joan. A girl 17 either wants to get married or go to college. Oh? I've decided that. <laughs> Really? I'd like to send her to Wellesley. Good. is isn't every man who can have a minute, Frank. I'll be right back. Well, what are you doing out here in the hall this time of night, Paul? Oh, well, uh, uh, Mother sent me down to see why you hadn't come up to your room. Oh. Well, tell her I'll be up in a few minutes. Yes, uh, yes, I'll tell her. My stepson, Paul, his mother thought I was staying up unusually late. Oh, well, I'll run along. Good heavens, it's after twelve. And, uh, when's the last train back to the city? Twelve o'clock. You've missed it. Well, when's the next one? Five a.m. Oh. Well, uh, I suppose I'll have to wait for that. Can you put me up? Yes, of course, Frank. Oh, thanks. Well, wait a moment, Frank. I probably won't be up when you leave, so... I'll give you this now. Oh, now, John, I... Uh, I didn't come here for that. I mean... I... Well, that is not exactly... <laughs> <laughs> no, you never have. There you are, Frank. A thousand. And see Doc Richards first thing in the morning... And drop in at the office and let me know what he says. Thanks, John. I. I'm sorry to have to take this. I. I only wish that. Oh, forget it. We're not kids any longer. You're too old to learn new tricks now. Run along to bed, Frank. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, uh, take the guest room at the head of the stairs. Good night, John. See you in town at noon. Night, Frank. Mm-hmm.
2: as two figures slip down the darkened hall and quietly enter John's bedroom. Then a few minutes later, the same two figures make their way in the moonlight through the trees to the back of the estate, carrying a long, gruesome bundle wrapped in a sheet. Now it is three nights later, and Joan, Helga, and Paul are in the library as Joan paces back and forth anxiously.
1: But where could Father have gone? He didn't say a word about going out of town.
0: Well, maybe he doesn't want to come back.
1: Why not? Mm. I
0: don't know. Maybe he doesn't like it here.
1: He should have listened to me. But you didn't say anything about... Well, well, you just mentioned me.
4: Could have been a mistake. I just had a weird feeling of intending impending disaster. Something is wrong, I know. If I didn't be wrong if I could leave, I'd not stay another moment. Who knows what will happen next? I know. What do you know?
0: I know what'll happen next.
4: They always happen in two.
0: Many people have come here, stayed a while, and then suddenly disappeared.
1: What time is it? Mm -hmm. There's a train at 12. I'm leaving here. Hello? Yes, this is Joan Talbot.
4: What? Good heavens. Who? Where?
1: Yes. Yes, I understand. Yes, I... I'll be here. Yes. Who was it? I... I don't know. I've never heard anything like it. What do you mean? There's a man, and he. What man? He mean? said he had a message for us, and he'll be here at twelve o'clock. And to wait for him in the library. The police? I don't know. He said he'll come to the garden windows, to the library window. Who could it be? I don't know. But we'll wait. I'm going to see this through. Here he comes. Through the garden. Who? Who is it, Mother? I, I don't know. The light's... Why did you turn out the lights? I turned them out so we could see outside. Who is he? No. He's up on the terrace. Who, who are you? What do you want?
0: I see him talk to you. What about? About what happened here at 3 o'clock in the morning several days ago.
1: Nothing happened. Nothing. But
0: something did happen. Turn on the lights. No, don't turn them on. You couldn't see me if you turned on the lights.
1: Oh, good Lord. Was it you who phoned me?
0: I spoke to you, but I didn't phone you. Mother,
1: what happened in this house at 3 o'clock several days ago?
0: A man was murdered.
1: What, Paul?
0: Turn on the lights. Turn on the lights! Joan Talbot, open the top drawer of that dress. Now take out the paper. It says on the night of August 5th, we, the undersigned, murdered John Talbot in his bedroom... And buried his body on the estate.
1: We didn't. We didn't.
0: It's John. It's John. Sign it. Sign the paper and I'll go.
1: Sign it, Paul. Sign it. You did it. You killed him.
0: Sign it. you help me. You sign it. I can't. I can Turn on the lights, Joan. John. John. It's, it's him. It's him. He isn't dead. No, Paul. We
1: didn't. Paul, what happened?
0: I'll tell you. You killed my brother Frank instead. Come on in, Sergeant. You heard it all. Yes, we heard it all.
1: Father, what on earth happened? When you phoned a while ago, I almost fainted. I was sure you were dead.
0: I knew from the moment you told me you were frightened in this house that something was wrong. I put two and two together and realized what it was. They didn't want you to share in the estate. I knew they were planning something on that night. And then my brother came. He accidentally got into my room by mistake and they killed him instead of me. I saw them carrying his body through the trees. So I Disappeared for a few days and evolved this plan. You've nothing to worry about any longer, John. Nothing. No.
2: (laughs) Nothing to worry about. But the truth would certainly amaze you. All that Heldie said about Paul and John was true. John was planning revenge, but not through Joan. That night your brother Frank came back. He discovered something, John. What was it Frank said?
0: And then you'll have another problem on your hands with Joan. A girl 17 neither wants to get married or go to college.
2: It was then, John, that you knew the truth. The only way that Frank could have possibly known that the girl's name was Joan and that she was 17 was to have been with Mary. So John knew then that it was Frank who ran away with Mary and deserted her when Joan was four years old. And then John learned that Hilda and Paul planned to kill him. Deliberately let Frank occupy his room on that fateful night. John's revenge was satisfied, and he didn't have to turn a hand. (laughs) That's all.
0: CBS has presented The Whistler. And now an important announcement regarding a change of time. Beginning one week from tomorrow night, on Sunday, September 13th, The Whistler will come to you at 9.15 p.m. Remember, Sunday, September 13th, at 9.15 p.m. The original music for this production was composed and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The Whistler is written and directed by J. Donald Wilson and originates from Columbia Square in Hollywood. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.